You're listening to Sibling Talk, commentary from a progressive point of view. Now here are your hosts, John Paulette and Mary Jo Tumare. Hello, I'm John Paulette. And I'm Mary Jo Tumare for the eighth time. For the eighth time. Mary Jo, you know, I love musical theater so much. I'm taking a class uh, this quarter from the University of Chicago in history of musical theater. And one of the key figures, Stephen Sondheim, and in the musical company, he has a song and it keeps repeating. It says, another hundred people just got off of the train and came up through the bus and another hundred people. I It doesn't really relate, but I keep thinking of it as I watch the repetition of them saying, Adams, McCarthy, Jenkins, Jeffries, and then Lauren Boebert, who gives a speech. I thought everybody was going to boo her or something. We, John, uh, it's so fascinating. Stepping back from just the, you know, tension, the fractures, whatever you want to call it, the Republican Party, just as a class in American government, it is so fascinating. Haven't you learned so many things you did not know? Oh, we did. I mean, even you and I coming into it the other day were not really certain, could you vote present? And we found out the answer is yes. You, you could. And then what the consequences of that are. And, yeah. then, you know, this kind of interregnum when there's nobody really in charge. I guess I'd never thought about that. And then what are the consequences of that? Like one of the things is these guys right now in the House of Representatives, because nobody is technically a representative, none of them can get a security briefing. So in the unlikely event that North Korea sends off a bomb to Alaska, you know, they're going to be sitting on the sidelines. It's just, it's, and they're not sure they're going to get paid because technically neither they nor their staffs are representatives or the staffs represent. I mean, it's just things like that you never have thought about. And frankly, I don't think these dudes have thought about that. No, no, I don't think they've thought about very much at, at all. And I, you know, the great irony, I know this was not planned. It just happened. But uh, seeing this split screen of government unable to work in the case of the House on the same day yesterday, that we watched Joe Biden, Mitch McConnell, uh, out in front of a bridge that I think both you and I know. Uh, oh, yeah, I've driven Cincinnati. over that bridge. <laughs> oh, lots of time. And, you know, everything about that said two things to me. First, it said, this is what government does. Government does work. We cannot fix these bridges and fix our infrastructure and defend our shores and do all those things without government. And on the other hand, not only in their inability to pick a speaker, but the group of people that is holding up the speaker election are really a group of people who are saying, government doesn't work and we wanna make certain it doesn't work, right? I mean, there's yeah. like a nihilism built into this that just shouted yesterday. Right. I mean, you can't give anything to the hostage taker if what the hostage taker wants is just to be a hostage taker. And I think 
that's what it feels like. You, you keep giving these people stuff and stuff like, oh, yeah, but there's one more thing. I don't know if you agree with one of the um, analysis, which is this is exactly what the party wanted when it veered toward Trump. You know, if you don't believe, and I think we talked about this the other day, that government is the solution, then what you believe is to continue to gum up the works. And these guys, the, the basically there's 20 of them, and the leaders of them being Gates, Boebert, Andy Biggs, whoever it is, it feels to me when you watch them, and they're kept, they're captive. We can see them, right? I mean, this is C-SPAN's moment. They're having a blast. They are. Yeah. And, and they're, you know, they're complaining that Democrats are having fun. And really, can you blame the Democrats for enjoying it a little bit? Because, you know, it's schadenfreude, right? Yeah. But on the other hand, I think that 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 the 20, I'm just going to call them the 20, enjoying themselves as much as they are. That's a sorry sight. Well, it is. And I think you're exactly right at it. I, I did watch last night uh, something I rarely do. I stayed up uh, for one of my favorite MSNBC uh, anchors, Stephanie Rule, who used to be on in the morning. And it's a shame she's on late at night because I like her. But she was interviewing Lauren Boebert. Lauren is apparently kind of doing the cycle because I, I did watch a, a clip of her with uh, Sean Hannity as, as well. And you know, the questioning was, as it has been for all of them, really, what do you guys want? What do you think you can can get? And there's no real answer. There's no ideology. And you know, the one guy, uh, Congressman Good, is upset because uh, Kevin McCarthy didn't call him for two weeks when he won his uh, election. Lauren Boebert is upset that when they wanted to talk about some of the reforms last summer, she felt Kevin thought he was going to win the red wave and didn't pay attention to them. Doesn't it sound like a lot of people's feelings are hurt? Right. I mean, it seems very personal and directed toward Kevin. But I, it's interesting to me that Lauren Boebert would be on MSNBC. So I'm wondering, and this is based on something I heard Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez say that she was being interviewed, whether there isn't some alignment on the far right and the far left for reforms in the House of Representatives to make it more democratic, meaning with a small d. So rather than a very hierarchical institution, which it is, where you have the leadership and the leadership controls everything that gets on uh, the floor, what's voted on, um, how the bills look, what kind of amendments. That's how Nancy Pelosi run it, ran it, and with a very tight fist. And the squad, AOC, the, those people, they hated it, right? They hated her and for that. And on the right, they're complaining about the same thing. They don't want Kevin McCarthy to go in and control the terms of the debate. So it's isn't it odd that there's not enough of those two groups, those two fringes, to form a coalition? But I wonder whether they've made the calculation, whether you're Boebert 
or AOC that we need to be talking to a, to people to make them understand that our real complaint is a process complaint. I don't uh, know if that's true, John. I mean that no. that's just really. Uh, and uh, AOC said something like she could imagine there being an alignment with Republicans to reform the House, and I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. Then we go from just a weird sideshow to a really historic event. Yeah. And, and I don't and think I, that's going to happen. No, but. but there's elements there. And I'm sorry, I, uh, when I go blank on something, uh, I was listening yesterday to a congresswoman from Michigan who, uh, Democratic. Slotkin. 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 Mm -hmm. That's exactly right. And uh, I heard that interview. That's why I know. And she was talking yeah. about voting, a, not voting for Nancy Pelosi. Same, and, same yeah. thing. Yeah. And saying that, you know, actually, some of the things the Republic or the fringe, the 20 want here are things we like. Uh, and they are things like uh, we want enough time to be able to look at the bill uh, for a while. It seems small, but, you know, most of us aren't aware that when leadership decides uh, that uh, they want to vote on the bill, a very big, complicated bill comes out and the directions are there. You vote on it. Can, can we look through it? Yeah, you got two hours, but we're not going to take any amendments on the floor uh, whatsoever. And I think what you're saying is right. There are a lot of people on both ends who say, I don't know, let's get this thing different. I mean, it would be amazing if uh, the House of Representatives started to look more like the British Parliament with a lot of people actually going to the floor and arguing with each other. Honestly, and there have been moments in the last couple of days, which, of course, I've watched like way too much of it, um, where you thought that could happen. They're yelling and there's, you know, talking out of order, which is not the way the House of Representatives runs. And they're all kind of stuck in that room. So there's, you know, little caucuses meeting, which we can see AOC is is meeting with uh, Matt Gates. It's like, whoa, I never thought I'd see that. And you can tell that they're in a pretty heated discussion. So I think that there are alliances. It's just the system is not set up to operate that way. And Kevin McCarthy still does have 200 pretty firm votes at this moment. What I, I think the, the interesting thing about this discussion, John, and the thing that I, you know, would caution people too much about listening to the news and these commentators is, they are inclined to see everything as a horse race. Yep. And there are um, complicated and legitimate um, issues being raised. They may be being raised by a bunch of nihilists and who have no chance of winning and know that. But it, I think it behooves us all to step back and say, is that institution running in a way that should serve us, it, that can serve us? The second thing is the um, unity of the Democrats is stunning. And I don't think that's all support for Hakeem Jeffries. I think they've made a decision, and AOC did say this as well, is that they feel that the Republican Party under Kevin McCarthy 
poses such an existential threat to democracy that they have to beat down the insurgency because those are all election deniers. Well, I think you're right. I think there's a couple elements to that. One is, uh, and I have the feeling too, I mean, there's part of me emotionally that just loves Kev seeing Kevin McCarthy get, get beat. I don't like Kevin McCarthy and uh, I don't like what he's done. So yeah, I kind of like seeing him getting beat. But then I have to remind myself of who these 20 people are. I mean, I can't support them in any way uh, right. whatsoever. And so that that really doesn't work. You know what really has been on my mind, and I, I know, you may know this, I'm like an obsessive to-do list person. I keep this little little notebook here to, to jot things down on. And one of the ones that fascinated me that I jot down for reading today is what some of the issues are that they're looking for. And you know what got me triggered is apparently one of the agreements that uh, they have reached already didn't really have to do with the rules of the House. It had to do with the PAC committees, the political committees uh, run by one run by Kevin McCarthy and whether or not they will campaign uh, against like members of the Freedom, Freedom Caucus. I mean, this is a whole nother complication in the negotiations that those of us sitting on the outside aren't really even all that aware of. And so I want, I'm not really certain where I'm going to read about this, but somebody is writing about what's going on. Honestly, and, you know, to me, that feels so corrupt because um, you're letting lobbyists, essentially, fundraising groups, determine who is be going to become the Speaker of the House. Because how that came up, John, is, is one of the deals that McCarthy was making with the Freedom Caucus was to not put his money against whack jobs in primaries. So is that what we want? Do we want lobbying groups and PACs to be able to pick who the Speaker of the House is going to be? Second in line to the president? I, that just felt so corrupt. Because, you know, these, whatever. I, I agree with you. I was stunned when I heard that. The other thing that they want is to gut the ethics uh, committee. And I don't know what, why George Santos is getting a gift. Yeah. Yeah. You know, absolutely. like why, what, what good, for what reason would you get rid of ethics oversight in the House of Representatives? It, it doesn't even make any sense. So I think you're right. You have these 20 people. They don't even know what they want. And um, you cannot turn the government over to them. So it, it seems to me as as we talk about this and start to wind down a little bit, that you have, you cannot turn the running of the government over to these 20, um, what is Joe Scarborough called, insurrectionists, weirdos, and creeps, or something mm -hmm. like freaks. Yeah. You and that's what's going to happen, right? If, if McCarthy gets in, he's owned by those guys. And we know what a weak, unprincipled person Kevin McCarthy is. Well, we do. But and I, I guess I wonder, this is part of what you were raising. Is there part of the Democrats who think, you know what, let's let Kevin keep making concessions, 
by the time he gets in there, the Republicans will be incapable of governing, incapable. And we have two free years while they beat up on each other. That would be fine. And I think that is what they think. But, you know, what do we risk when by doing that? A debt ceiling, budgets, you know, the shutting down the government. Funding, so a, funding the effort in Ukraine. Absolutely. So there's a lot of reasons to find someone who's a strong leader who can stand up to those 20 and say, this is not how it's going to be done, guys. And because the more the longer this goes on, the more you guarantee a Democratic run House in 2024 and maybe a Democratic president. And, you know, who's sitting on the sidelines throwing up Mitch McConnell? Yep. Because yep. he knows he should win the Senate in two years. But he's not if the Republicans look like a bunch of crazy no, people. You're exactly right. And he's so upset. He thought, screw it. I'm going to take a little field trip with Joe Biden. That'll feel better. Yeah. He's at least if Biden's president, I know what I'm dealing with. Yeah. Yeah. Better <laughs> on. OK, we All better right. go back and yep. watch some vote tallying going on. <laughs> All right. Talk bye. Sibling Talk is a JMP production. Theme song by David Paulette.